This episode of Creativity in Captivity is sponsored by the Curtis Theater in Brea, California. Presenting Dawn Reed's The Never Too Late Show on Saturday, May 11th. Tickets are available at the Curtis Theater website. Get ready for insight and inspiration on the creative process from an array of artists, writers, and visionaries on May 9th, when Season 7 of Creativity in Captivity kicks off. In the meantime, please enjoy over 150 episodes hosted by Pat Hazel with a stable of creative guests in our listening lounge at creativityincaptivity.fun. This is Creativity in Captivity. I'm Pat Hazel, and my guest today is an innovative ukulele player who captivates audiences around the world with his impeccable musicianship and his gift of storytelling. He has mastered many styles of music on this humble and playful instrument, from jazz, rock, and blues to bluegrass, folk, and classical. Joining me now is one of Hawaii's greatest exports and the Dalai Lama on four strings, Jake Shimabakuro. That spark of electricity, a skipping stone that sets you free, you're captive to a mystery, the curse of creativity. La, 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 Hey, aloha, Pat. Thank you so much for having me. Aloha. Grateful to be here, man. Thank you. Well, it's fantastic to have you. I will tell you, over the uh, pandemic, I saw an awful lot of you uh, popping up and joining people's interviews and Zooms, and your ukulele made things so bright. As an instrument, of course, you've often said that it it makes folks smile and take their guard down, but I will say it was very, very nice to hear that during that time. Oh, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, that's that was the goal. Yeah. Is the ukulele the instrument that allows you to make friends quickly? <laughs> I guess, so, especially if you're shy, like I was growing up, music really helped me to meet other people. It was an easy way to step foot into new communities. So it did open a lot of doors for me. And some of my closest friends today, I, I met them through music. So it's been a real blessing. Yeah. I read that you said it brings a child out in all of us. So that's why I wondered whether when people hear it, if they're drawn to it. Like if you're practicing or by a fireside or doing anything, isn't the ukulele sort of the opposite of the bagpipes? Yeah. Well, years ago, I used to joke around and I used to tell people that the ukulele is kind of like the Facebook of instruments because if you play it, you go and you look for other ukulele players and you want to be their friend. And then the next thing you know, you're forming this community of other players in your area. And I travel a lot and... Over the last 15 or 20 years, I've been seeing more and more ukulele clubs or communities that are forming all over the world. And it's a beautiful thing. And one common thread that I see with a lot of these groups is they have a heart for service. A lot of times they'll get together once or twice a month and they'll perform at a senior care home or they'll do something very community-minded where they'll try to raise money to purchase instruments for a local school or things like that. So whether it's in music therapy or music education or just to provide some joy and some positive energy into the community, um, they're always involved somehow and they make opportunities for more people to get involved through using the ukulele. I'll say you're a great brand ambassador for the instrument because people see somebody uh, with your youthful age and attitude and also 
the approach you take where you add contemporary tunes and you work collaborate with folks to, that people have admired. You've sort of broken down the walls for the instrument in a new age. Well, thanks for saying that. I'm always a fan of the instrument first. So for me, I love seeing more and more people having access to the instrument. I love it when people tell me that they picked it up for the first time because of this. For me, I was very lucky because I was born and raised in Hawaii. So ukuleles were everywhere. And my mom also played and she was my first teacher. So when I was four years old, she sat me down and introduced me to the instrument. But I know that a lot of people don't have that same kind of access. So I love that when Israel Kamaka Vivole's version of Over the Rainbow was introduced in movies and things like that, everyone heard the ukulele the way that we grew up hearing it. And they were like, oh my gosh, it's such a beautiful instrument. And they just loved his interpretation, and which was genius. But that's what I grew up listening to. Israel was one of my heroes. I mean, he's regarded as one of the greatest musicians to come out of Hawaii. And, and then, of course, we had the pioneers of the instrument like Eddie Kamai, Otasan, Peter Moon, Roy Sukuma. Those were all my mentors growing up too. I grew up listening to their albums, seeing all of that and the inspiration that they've provided. And then you have bands like Train with Hey Soul Sister, or you had Eddie Vedder doing his ukulele record, or seeing Taylor Swift out there playing the ukulele, or Billie Eilish playing ukulele in, in her music, Paul McCartney adding an ukulele song to his tour. Like those things are going to inspire people who would never usually go to an ukulele concert or pick up an ukulele album. But when they see someone like that pick up the instrument and play it, all of a sudden they're like, wow, this is cool. I want to do that. And I think it's beautiful. Grace Vanderwall, so many people wanted to pick up the instrument because of seeing that and what she does with it. So for me, I think this is just a great time for the instrument. I think it's growing in popularity. I think more and more people are having access to the magic of this instrument. And one of the most beautiful things about it, and like you said earlier today, it's such a humble instrument. When you look at an ukulele, you don't see 10,000 hours of hard practice. You just see something that, that looks like fun. And the thing that I love about the instrument is you don't feel like you have to be a musician to play it. And that's the beauty of it because we're all creatives, we're all musicians, and we should all feel empowered to pick up an instrument and play it. And some instruments are more intimidating. I, I do admit that. But the ukulele, I think it's something that you can pick up and literally you could learn a song in five minutes. That's how instant it is. Yeah, because it's accessible and really the most affordable of the instruments. I know you can go, you can scale up on a thing like that, but it is something that it's not like carrying the stand-up bass or the tuba to school. It's something that often people would have around, not as a toy, but it might be sitting by the hearth or it might be sitting somewhere out because it's the kind of thing you can pick up at any time. Are you familiar with the, I love this saying, that the ukulele will get you through times with no money better than money will get you through times with no ukulele? <laughs> I've never heard that one. <laughs> There's a, something about the spirit of it. It has whimsy. I know it can be played in many ways, and you certainly show that to folks, because I think you have put in the 10,000 hours. Something in its tone makes it very, very friendly. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. One of the things that the ukulele lacks is bass notes. You don't have any bass notes on the ukulele. And I love that about the instrument. It's like if you could only play the high keys on the piano. And bass tones, because they have larger waveforms, they don't 
play well together. They have to be arranged in a certain way, right, to sound good. And a good example of that is if you went up to a piano and if you took your right hand and you just randomly played keys on the right side of the piano, you can hear every note. Every note is articulated. But if you do the same thing with your left hand on the left side, everything just sounds like, right? You can't make out any notes that you're playing. And it's because lower tones they work differently, right? That's just how it is. It's just the nature of that. So when you have your higher pitched instruments, there is something about it that's somewhat magical. I used to say that the sound of the ukulele reminds me of kids laughing or playing on the playground. That's the kind of timbre that it has. But, you know, at the same time, it's an instrument that's very capable of playing something that is rooted in emotional depth you're able to also conjure some of that and not just the playful, joyful sounds. And you have such a array of great music on Spotify. We had begun to talk earlier today and you went off to a sound check. So we started fresh. But during that time, I was able to go off and get a little sampling of lots of great things from Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah to Winnie the Pooh on your Disney album. <laughs> it's very, very fascinating how the instrument works. I thought that the rendition of Hallelujah was really extraordinary. And I could tell there were seven and a half million downloads or something. So you have some things there that people are really resonating with. You have an amazing amount of downloads on certain things. Bohemian Rhapsody. I, I saw A Place in the Sun has 11 million hits or something on Spotify. So people are paying attention. And you're playing at the Dakota tonight in Minnesota? Yeah, we're here now. I'm tucked away in the corner in one of the backstage areas, <laughs> one of the dressing rooms. Like I said, I'm a fan of the instrument first. And when I get to see how it impacts people's lives, it's just awesome because it's done so much for my life. And I am so grateful for this instrument, the things that it has brought into my life. I, I never could have imagined. I love how your show is called Creativity in Captivity. And one of the things I, I wanted to, to share is that the, the ukulele has been such a healthy, creative outlet for me. And since the time I picked it up, I just couldn't be without it. I just loved having it. As I got more proficient on it, I would be in school or something and I would just have this idea or I would hear something in my head and I just couldn't wait to get home so I could get my ukulele and try to figure out what it was that I was trying to here in my head, but it's gotten me through so many things. And in, in 2020, that was the first time in my life that I didn't pick up my instrument for a very long time. I didn't even think about picking it up. I wasn't even thinking like, oh, I miss playing. There was just so much going on. It was weird. It was almost like I forgot that I played the instrument because I have two kids and our family and all that. So there was a lot going on. Well, and also at the same time, there was not a lot going on. There was also not a lot that you could do with it, meaning you weren't touring. There wasn't a performing arts schedule. Those things had all been on hold, I imagine. Yeah. So there wasn't a lot going on, but there was a lot going on. Yeah, and, exactly. And when I say there was a lot going on, a lot of change. But the thing I wanted to say is, I think you mentioned that's kind of the concept of the show evolved out of that. When I was first inspired with my first idea again, after all that had started, and I picked up my ukulele and played, I mean, aside from my fingers being very tender, <laughs> a little sore, the immense fulfillment and joy that it 
brought back into my body was pretty extraordinary. And that's why I love the name of your show, because though I had been preaching it for a long time, it was the first time in my life that I realized how important music and the arts are in everyone's life. But not just that, it made me realize that it's not just the music or art, it's really creativity. Creativity is a form of therapy. Creativity is a form of self-care. And it's so important that we have moments that we can take out of our day to be in that creative space for our mental health and for our well-being. And we all need a creative outlet, whether we're in captivity or not, to be free and to feel like we can express, to have that outlet or inlet, however you look at it. But it's sometimes we have to plug into that thing that's greater than ourselves. I think expression and exploration, all of it is mind expanding and allows us to spread our wings. Whether we're making mistakes in it or not, it's kind of where art comes from, making order out of chaos. But we have to find our way into it. I, I believe your album, your newest album, which is called Grateful, you began to make during that period of time. Yeah. There's a Japanese saying, it's okage samade. And it means, I am what I am because of you. And so the, the whole concept of this album was recognizing not just the ukulele players, but really all the musicians and artists that were based in Hawaii that I grew up listening to from the time I was a kid. And this project was a moment for me to express my gratitude to all of them for making me the musician that I am today. Their inspiration, the sacrifices that they made. Of course, it's a collaboration with instruments, but if you think about the word Okage Samade, it really goes beyond that. It's honoring your ancestors. And even as something as simple as your parents and your great-grandparents and your great-great-grandparents and going back or honoring people in your community who have made sacrifices and, and did things so that the next generation could have a, a better life. It's really all of those things. So it was a very emotional and I think personal project for me. Uh, and that's why the album's called Grateful. It was titled after my friend Justin Kavika Young, who's also on the record. We grew up playing music together, and he's someone that I just admire as an artist. And he wrote a song called Grateful. And that song kind of embodies all of those micro messages and things that I think this album kind of focused on. I love that title. And I have to say that there's no uh, greater duty than giving thanks, certainly honoring those before you. And in addition to the title being grateful, you are giving a portion of the album's proceeds to the Maui Strong Fund, which is such a sad thing that, that happened to Hawaii. But what resilience and what sense of community they have. And for you to make that gesture here is just shows that you're a good steward uh, of Hawaii. It really is a really beautiful thing that you're doing with the proceeds. Oh, thank you. I can't imagine what it must be like. I've never been in a disaster of that magnitude, but I do know that it was beautiful to see the community come together and just try to support each other as best as we can. It's going to be years and years and years before we can start to rebuild, but there's just things that you can never replace and things that will never come back. That's the sad part, right? You know. 
Well, on a, on a slightly brighter note, I know that you have a brand new Christmas song out, the All I Want for Christmas. Is that a whole album or is it a single? Uh, it was just a single and it was just released digitally, but it's my two musician friends that are out on the road with me right now, Jackson Waldhoff on bass and Justin Kavika Young on vocals. Yeah, we did the old Mariah Carey classic, All I Want for Christmas is You. It's wonderful. It's our own little kind of island take on it. We've been performing it live now during our holiday tour and everyone's been really getting into that one. So that's been fun. Is it just the three of you on the road or do you have a bigger uh, band that's with you? Yeah, so it's just the three of us as far as musicians go. And then, you know, we have our tour and production manager. His name is Brett Lynn. He is absolutely wonderful. And then we have Mark Shelton. He goes by Junebug. And we call them our invisible band members because though they're not on stage with us and a lot of times people don't see them with us they're just as vital part of the show as any one of us on stage we always give the credit to them and it's been a wonderful tour so far most of the shows have been sold out and people have been coming out it's been absolutely beautiful and joyful and one of the things that i love about our shows is that because the ukulele i think speaks to so many generations in different ways. A lot of times we'll see three generations of a family come together, like the grandparents and then the, the parents and the kids, and they all enjoy it for their own reasons, right? Because there were these times, right, generational, like where the ukulele was popular because of something. So the older generation might say like, oh, we got introduced to the ukulele because we saw Tiny Tim play it on television or George Harrison playing it or something or that. And then there'd be like the the younger generation that may have saw Grace Wonderall or, or Taylor Swift playing it or some people maybe saw my video years ago or Israel Kamaka Vivoli's version of Over the Rainbow. Whatever it is, they, they'll come for their own personal reasons. And that's beautiful to see, you know, because I was thinking about it now that I'm a parent, there's not a lot of things out there where you can go. I mean, of course, maybe to a restaurant or something, but there's not a, a lot of things that you can go to with three generations of a family and everybody is there for their own reason. And it's kind of nice to be a part of that. I talked to a designer uh, uh, that worked on putting the Disneyland park in Shanghai. And she said very specifically that she was thinking about those multi-generation families, particularly as it, it applies to that culture. And they would create gardens, of course, that the grandparents would love. And they would walk the kids in strollers while the mom and dad were on the rides. Like they were creating connections for the, the generations apart from each other to say, oh, how about if we make picture spots for them that have the year of the dragon and the year of the ox. So mm. there was a lot of design work that went into saying, how do we make this multi-generational where it's just as exciting to be sitting off the ride as it is to be on the ride. But you're right. The world is not designing itself to be what I would consider to be more broadcast, more narrow cast. So everybody now is trying to find their audience on Instagram in their niche, as opposed to be appealing to everyone. That's a little bit old school. But I think the instrument does have a history. How far back does the ukulele go? It's over 100 years old, right? 120 or 130 years when the Portuguese immigrants first brought the Rajao and the Machete over to the Hawaiian Islands, which kind of led to the modern day ukulele. So it was the marriage of those two instruments. I think about my parents 
and they had a console of albums, <laughs> and they met, must have made a visit over there. It was an anniversary or some occasion, and uh, Hawaiian music was very exotic. Like to have an album back in the states. Uh, that's not inappropriate. What I just said, <laughs> I learned that when I was in Hawaii. You don't say it's the mainland, but that's how it felt. It felt like it was so many worlds away to be in Omaha and hear this record album that came from Hawaii. It was it's like among the more unique albums that were in my parents' collection. I remember a comedian being with me in Hawaii and saying he came from the states, and everyone said we're also the states. Like. We're, we're <laughs> it's a big faux pas if you come from California. Yeah, I know. I, I grew up saying the mainland whenever we referred to the continental U.S. But remember back in the day when you actually had to call a 1-800 number to order something, right, to be mailed to your house. And I remember calling and they would say, oh, oh, we only ship to the 50 states. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, Hawaii, Hawaii is included in that. But then I think years later, I, I would actually see things in, in like finer print that would say only the 48 states. Right. Continental <laughs> United States are kind of like a continental breakfast, right? You don't get the full thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember a trip that was when I went to Hawaii with a fiance and she was going to take me horseback riding and she was an avid rider and I couldn't ride at all. And she said, don't tell the people teaching you the horse that you don't know how to ride or they won't give you a good horse. And I was like, well, but I don't know how to ride. And she taught me that night on the corner of a king size bed in the hotel. I sat straddling the corner of the bed, holding a camera strap. And I was bouncing on the bed and she was telling me what was going to happen. And I was like, this isn't a horse. This is a mattress. And we got out there. And the first thing horses always know when you can't ride. I don't know if you're a, a rider or not, but mm -hmm. this horse went right out into a pineapple field and just lowered its belly and was scratching its belly on the spikes of the pineapple. <laughs> and everybody else was on ahead to the beach riding. And I didn't even know what to do. The teacher had to circle back and get me out going. But every bit of being on those islands was magical. The food was great. The music was great. The atmosphere and the beauty of the people and how it worked, it was really it was amazing from island to island how different the personalities were. Mm, yeah, Hawaii, every island is a little different. There's a different energy. I think Hawaii is a very special place of healing. And the native people there are so connected to nature and to the land and the natural resources there. It's magical. It's just such a big part of the culture to be so respectful to nature and of course, when I was younger, you take so much of it for granted. But now that I'm older, I understand how lucky I was to have access to a lot of things. I think every culture and every place, they have their own magic about it. I think Hawaii, there's something that has really grounded me, I think, being there. Did you always want to travel and see the world? Or was that a product of becoming really good at what you did and started getting invites to other places? Oh, yeah. I only really started traveling through music. We didn't do any traveling growing up other than just the neighbor islands. My grandparents lived on Molokai, which is like a 20-minute plane ride from Oahu, from Honolulu. And so that was like pretty much the extent of my traveling. But I must have been just a, a young teenager, but we went to Disneyland one year. I remember my, our parents took us. Try, and I never had the desire to really travel either. But through music, I've had these opportunities. I love 
being able to see different parts of the world and experience different cultures. I, I think it's so educational and also makes you realize how small this planet is. But I, I never thought I'd be doing what I'm doing today. So I feel very, very blessed to have these opportunities. And given that, you've probably begun over the years having a lot of collaborations with folks you listen to on the radio or that you heard albums from. So was there one or more that were favorite collaborations where you just couldn't believe that you were teaming up with a specific group or somebody to work on a song together? Oh, yeah, all of it. I, gosh, I pinch myself all the time because I'm like, wow, is this really happening? But yeah, so many of my heroes, I mentioned earlier a lot of the Hawaii-based artists that were such a huge influence for me because when I was growing up, that's all the music that I was ex exposed to. But then as I got older, I was exposed to different styles of music and different musicians. So like even on this, not this last album, Grateful, but the album before that is an album called Jake and Friends. And then just the lineup on that, working with Jimmy Buffett, it, it just breaks my heart it still hasn't sunk in for me. You know, I toured with him for over four years and he was one of those musicians that just kind of took me under his wing and helped me out so much. And, and he just became such a dear friend. We covered Come Monday together. And at the time I hear that track, it was just him, Mac McAnally and I, and Oh, it just gives me chills. But on that same album, probably half the people on that record, Jimmy has introduced me to. There's Kenny Loggins, there's Bette Midler, there's Willie Nelson, there's Ziggy Marley, Michael McDonald, yeah, I wow. mean, Jack Johnson. It's pretty insane. A lot of my heroes were guitar players. So there's like Sonny Landreth is on there, Billy Strings, Warren Haynes from Government Mules. Yeah, it was just such a fun project to put together and just so grateful for the support of all those artists. Well, I saw on your website of Snooping Around that you've got your own signature blend of coffee. There's a Kona blend of coffee there. Oh, yes. Called uh, My Dog Has Fleas, your signature blend under your name. And uh, that's a pretty cool export to come out of there. Is that something that you taste tested and developed or you did it with a business partner? Or are you a big coffee guy? I drink coffee almost every morning. But the reason I got involved with the company is called Acoustic Coffee. And I first heard of them because they did a blend with Tommy Emmanuel, who's another dear friend. I used to tour with him a lot, another one of my favorite guitar players. But yeah, they did a blend for him. And then they had reached out to me. And the thing that I love about their company is they're very community-minded. So with this blend that we do, it's called My Dog Has Fleas because when I was a kid, a lot of the old-timers, when they would you know, tune the ukulele, they would sing the intervals, my dog has fleas. They would sing that phrase with the intervals. And that was the open tuning of the ukulele. So if it sounded like my dog has fleas, da, 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 then you knew the ukulele was in tune. I don't know why my dog has fleas, but in the native Hawaiian language, ukulele means jumping flea. So uku actually means flea and lele means jumping. So maybe that had something to do with it. But this company, Acoustic Coffee, they're so great because actually there are two guitar luthiers that started this company. They make instruments. And, and one of the guys even makes ukuleles now. But they love making instruments and they love good coffee. So they thought, well, let's do something where we can blend the two. So the idea is they make custom blends for acoustic musicians as well as luthiers 
and companies that are affiliated with instruments. And then there's always some kind of a charitable connection to it as well. So with my blend, which is called My Dog Has Fleas, for every bag sold, a dollar goes to three organizations that I work closely with. One is the Ukulele Kids Club, which they focus a lot on ukulele therapy or music therapy. They donate a lot of ukuleles to kids that are going through cancer treatment, the hospital. Then there's guitars and ukes in the classroom. Their focus is more music education. They help to provide instruments um, to give kids accessibility to the instruments. And the third one is more environmental, but it's the Coral Reef Alliance. And, you know, growing up in Hawaii, the ocean has always been something that's been so close to my heart and to see all the the coral bleaching and the coral reefs just dying. I go snorkeling and free diving a lot and I can see firsthand that even 20 years ago, the reefs in Hawaii just do not look like the reefs I grew up snorkeling around. And then I realize it's become a, a, a worldwide problem. For everyone that's listening, there's a great documentary called Chasing Coral that can give you a, a lot of great insight on, on what's happening around the globe. Wow, that's a nice referral. You loved the instrument and you were drawn to it and you come racing home. Did you play other instruments or have other music education other than your mom teaching you? When I was really young, my mom just strummed basic chords. So that's what she taught me. And so growing up, I was like, oh man, this is so fun. This is easy. I can do this. And then that translated into, oh, I really like this song. I wonder if I can play this song on the ukulele. So when I was about seven years old, my mom sent me to Roy Sukuma, who had an ukulele school in Hawaii. And so I started taking lessons there. And that's when I learned how to pluck melody. There's a lineage of pioneers of the instrument. So Eddie Kamai, Otasan, you know, Eddie Kamai taught Otasan, Otasan taught Roy Sukuma. And Roy Sukuma was actually one of my teachers. So that was kind of my lineage there. But then I learned how to play melody on the ukulele. And that kind of changed everything for me because I can't sing. So a lot of times if I'm playing a song on the ukulele when I was a kid, and if I were just strumming the chords, no one could identify the song that I was playing. I had to learn also how to strum the chords, but also pluck the melody. And that's what I learned when I started taking lessons from Roy Sukuma. And then later on, that just evolved into, I guess, the way that I play now. One of my favorite things to do was to play a new song that I just learned from my parents. And I would not show them the title of the song, and they would have to guess what song I was playing. Oh, good. Yeah. And if they couldn't recognize it, you needed to get back and practice. (laughs) Yeah. I enjoyed that so much that I think that's what turned into later trying to play songs that people wouldn't expect to hear on the instrument. Yeah, that's become a signature of of what you do is you've expanded the canon of the ukulele playlist by showing it is a possible between your discipline and your drive. And then your desire, I think, to show everybody what was possible with the instrument. It's almost like putting together a jigsaw puzzle. Sometimes in the beginning, it's like, okay, where do I even start? And you start with the corners and you work your way toward the middle and it's just a lot of patience and time. But every time you complete a piece, the reward is so great. It's just like, wow, yes, you know, and then you want to get to the next one. I see on your schedule, you're headed somewhere. I have played the Stoughton Opera House. Oh, we're going to be there tomorrow. Yeah. Have you been before? Oh, yes. We love it. It's a jewel box of a little theater. I don't know if they still have it, but they had a oleo curtain that was up there. They 
don't lower it for anything. I don't think they knew it was there. When we got there, that it hadn't been renovated. And I go, what's that? Is that a fire curtain? Somebody lo- lowered it down. It was really a very, very fascinating historical place. They've had a lot of musicians through there now over the last 10 or 15 years because it's such a gem. No, it really is. I always look forward to playing out there. And then also the people are just great and they got a little ukulele club out there and community of players. And then down the street from the opera house, there's this great like little chocolate and tea shop. Oh, it's so good. Isn't that one of your favorite things when you return to an area? I love that when you can say, hey, we got to go to that place for the strudel because it's only here. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's, well, I, I want folks to know where to be able to find you. First of all, on Spotify, you can find all kinds of great music from Jake, from his Peace, Love, and Ukulele, Jake and Friends we mentioned, Grateful, I believe, is there now, and his Ukulele Disney, uh, which is really great. It's whimsical, and there's so much really fun stuff on that one as well. You can go to his website with jakeshimabakuro.com. Are you also on the socials under something? Are you at Jake something? Yeah, just at Jake Shimabukuro and at Jake Shimabukuro Music, yeah. Excellent. I know you have a gig tonight, and I'm so grateful that you took the time to invest in sharing uh, some of your story. I just admire the work you do, and you bring joy everywhere you go, pal. Thank you very much. That's all we hope to do is just bring healing and joy to people through music and the arts and I just really believe that. I used to say before that if everyone played the ukulele, the world would be a better place. That was something I would say all the time. But I really believe that if there was just more opportunity to experience creativity, I think that's going to change the world. All right. Well, cheers. Have a great show tonight. Thank you very much. Thanks for your time. And thank you for putting this out there into the world, man. Really appreciate it. I'd like to wrap this episode up with Jake's version of the song, Come Monday as a tribute to his friend, Jimmy Buffett. Heading up to San Francisco For the Labor Day weekend show I got my hush puppies on I guess I never was meant for glitter rock and roll And honey, I didn't know That I'd be missing you so But come Monday, it'll be alright Come Monday, I'll be holding you tight I spent four lonely days in a brown alley haze I just want you back by my side Yes, it's been quite a summer Rental cars and westbound trains And now you're off on vacation Some things are hard to explain And darling, I love you so That's the reason I just let you go But come Monday, it'll be alright Come Monday, I'll be holding you tight I spent four lonely days in a brown early haze And I just want you back by my side 
I can't help it, honey. You're that much a part of me now. Remember that night in Montana when we said there'd be no room for listening. Take a moment to subscribe and we will hold your seat for more creative conversation and a weekly spark of inspiration. Our show is produced by Sweetwood Creative in Austin, Texas, with sound editing and crafty co-producing by Tucker Hazel. The original music theme was created and sung by Maya Sharp, with additional production support and sanity provided by Diane Johansson, Tony Deo, and Tanner Dykstra. Please feel free to dash off a review on social media to help grow this creative community. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, or visit our website at creativityincaptivity.fun. You heard that right, dot fun, as in dot was so fun. Bye for now. Staring at an empty page, stepping on a ghostly stage.